Well, hey, everybody. I'm really excited that you decided to join us here at Victory Life Church Online for part two of He Has a Name. If I haven't met you yet personally, my name is Pastor Craig, and I'm really excited that we can come together from wherever we are in the world to talk about the God that we worship and that we honor and that we serve. Let's pray together, and we'll jump into part two and what the Word has in store for us today. Father, we thank you that you are the awesome God. You are the God that is and what you are will be. We call upon that knowing that if you have promised, it will be. If you have said, it will be. If you have asked, it will be. And so, Father, we thank you that we can rely on who you are and you are never changing. Teach us more about who you are today. Reveal more in our hearts about this God that we serve. Father, we love you and we honor you. And we give you all that we are right now because you gave all that you were in the form of Jesus Christ. We love you. And we want you to teach us and lead us. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And people all around the world said amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for you in the room for coming along and being part today. It's awesome that we can study God's Word together. And really, that's what these last couple of sessions have been. It's just about digging into God's Word a little bit deeper. And I know I might not... I might raise more questions in your mind than, you've, than you had before you listened to this message. And trust me, I'm busy going through a personal revelation of, of what it means to call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, what does it mean to, to call upon the name of the Lord? I'm studying each one of those words, call. What does it mean to be upon? What does it mean to call upon the name? What is the name? And, and as I begin to unpack these different concepts and unpack these different thought processes in my mind, I hope that I'm not confusing you guys here in the room too much or you guys perhaps at home a little too much that maybe you're asking more questions than you had when you first came in to listening to these sessions. Well, I hope that above all else, these times together as regards digging into who God is will help us all create in us a desire to go back to the Word more, to have a, a greater passion for, for the Word and what, what He has said to us and what He's called us. All I know is that when I have a look at these last couple of sessions that we've had, these last couple of series that we've gone, gone and done, the very first session we had a look at is, is Romans chapter 12, verse 1. The first part said, what is our proper response to Jesus going to be? And when we know what Jesus calls us, we know what He's promised us to be, we will know how to live our lives. We will know how to walk out what He has called us. If you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When we know what Jesus calls us, we'll know what our purpose is. And so we had a look at the second series of understanding this Romans chapter 12, one concept that, hey, if I know what Jesus has called me to, I know what He's called me, then I will know what to do. He called me the salt and the light, so I know that I need to find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it. And then we got into the second part of Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, where we had a look and said, hey, this, this process is all around worshiping God, being a, a sacrifice where we bring ourselves and we say, less of us, more of you, Father. It's a, it's a sacrifice. And this becomes, as Romans chapter 12 says, a genuine expression of worship. Well, when we call upon the name of the Lord, when we call upon the name of the Lord, that's in fact worship. So when we call up 
when we, when we stir up, when we refer to who God is in a moment of need, in a moment of victory, whatever our moment is, when we understand the depth of who God is of the, in the moment that we're in, and we let Him flow through that moment and be who He is, I am higher, we leave, let Him be who He is in that moment, and we let Him be, and we let Him, because He's given us free will, we can allow or not allow God to flow through us, and when we let him be who he is in the moment, we are in fact calling upon the name. Because the name of God, as we look, learned last session, means to be. To, to be who he is. When we allow God to be who he is in the depth of a moment, in the difficulty of a moment in our lives, that's actually worship. When we call upon the name of God. But we can't call upon the name of God. We can't call upon God. We can't worship a God that we do not know. We need to know who he is. And we had a look last week at one of the famous scriptures where God reveals his name. In other words, what he is. And he said to Moses, I am that I am. And that means that I am, the higher there, means the actual release of power so that accomplishment is assured. So God is, in fact, by nature, is who He is. He's the actual accomplishment of who He is. God's very being exists. He, he's, he, can't, he, he can't be without being. He doesn't just walk around and say, I am this and not be that. He says, I am light and there is light. He says, I am love and there is love. He says, I am forgiveness and there is forgiveness. Unlike other gods and other things of this world that promise one thing and deliver another, God, in fact, His name is that what He promises will be. He's, he's so intrinsic with the outworking of what He says that that's what His name is. That's why we can honestly say that God's name will never return to His mouth void because what He says He is becomes to be. And that's what His name meant. And we have a, had a look at that last week. This week, I want to jump into an interesting name of God, and we're going to look at three names of God this, this session and have a look at what it means when all these three names of God are playing together. The, the first name of God I want to mention, and we're going to get into a little bit more detail of it, is where God says in the Ten Commandments that He is a jealous God. In fact, that scripture says His very name means jealous. His very name is jealous. So if God is who He says He is... In certain instances, God is going to be jealous, and there's going to be jealousy. And uh, we're going to have a look at how the, the, the name of God, God, Elohim, and the name of God, Father, or Abba, or Abba, how when we put those two names together, we can understand why there would be this jealousy that God has for us. We'll understand why there would be this jealous God that would exist. And we automatically think of jealousy as being nasty. Jealousy makes you nasty. Well, uh, it's not so true. And uh, jealousy doesn't necessarily make God nasty. In fact, jealousy makes God loving. God is a loving God, and He wants to be with you. And as a result of being Him, being God, and being Abba Father, and we're going to have a look at what that means, that He is a jealous God. Let's jump into the first one, though, before I confuse you too much with my reasoning. God and that's not because you guys can't handle my reasoning. That's because my reasoning might be a little bit off the wall. But anyway, God says this. It, it, God is Elohim. When we see the word capital G in Scripture, God, this name refers to God's incredible power 
and might. Elohim. It was the word used in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 where it said, And Elohim, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. It is the only word referred to. It's, it's, it refers to God. It's the word that refers to God to say that He is the only God. Elohim is the only God. It's capital G God. It's not the money in your life. It's not the, the statue in your church. No, this is God. When, when, when we see the word Elohim, we know that we're referring to the great I am. We know we're referring to the am that I am. We know that we're referring to this great, incredible, awesome God. That's when we see the word Elohim. It is the fact that He is all-powerful and almighty. In the beginning, Elohim. There is no doubt that that was God, the God, created the, the heavens and the earth. This is really, when we have a look at this word Elohim, the word Elohim is, is saying that He is the only God who has the ability to be the higher. <laughs> I know that sounds a bit crazy. Elohim fundamentally means that he is the only God who has the ability to be who he is. In other words, who he is will be is not a quality that any other God has. You think about it. Money promises you happiness. Money says to you, you will be happy when you have me. When you worship me, you will be happy. That we, then we set that up as a God in our lives. We strive after money. We chase after money. We run after money. And when we finally get some financial success in our lives, we realize that our families are a mess. Our time management is up the pole. Our priorities are all skewed. And we no longer have happiness. The happiness that was promised by money was not being in our existence when we were with money. Am I making sense? However, when God says, I am who I am, I am love, there will be love. When he says who he says he is, and he is who he says he is, he is the only God, he is the Elohim, the only capital G God who can do that and who can say what I say will be, will be, and what is, will be again. And so when we have a look at who God is, this word Elohim is not just saying one God. No, it's saying this is the only God who can call himself the I am. Wow. God is the only God who can call himself the I am because he is the only God that can be the I am. That's what that Elohim concept means. Elohim here is actually referring back to the higher terminology. It's saying the only God who can be higher is God, is Elohim. And so when we have a look at this process of, of unpacking who God is, we understand when we read in Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 4, where it says this, In that wonderful day you will sing, Thank the Lord. The Lord there is higher. The Lord is the I am. Thankfully that God is who He says He is. That's what that scripture is saying. It's not just saying, give thanks, God. We say, thank you, God. This is not just giving God a, a high five and saying, you rock, God. No, we are thankful and we are grateful that our Elohim is the God who says He is and will be who He says He is. We are thankful that He is the higher. Praise His what? Praise His name. Praise the name of God. Worship the name of God. Tell all the nations what? What He has done. The scripture is showing in Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 4 that God's name is intrinsically wrapped up in what He does. And because He says what He does and He does what He says... Well, then we can call him Elohim, the one that can be I am. 
that scripture really unpacks that for us. And when we have a look at the last line, it really makes sense. In that scripture, it says, let them know how mighty he is. How many times don't we get around and we talk about, hey, he is mighty. And we tell people how mighty God is. In fact, sometimes we have to convince ourselves in the depth of a problem that God is mighty, God is good, God is true. And we say these words over and over again. But have a look at that last line. It says, let them know how mighty he is. Know and is is part of being mighty. God, the mightiness of God is the quality. But when he is mighty, it will be mighty and we will know his mighty. And when we have a look at this, this, this concept, we need to look at the small words. He is. His power is not in his might. His power is being mighty and being able to be mighty when he says he is mighty. That's where our true God, Elohim, comes from. It's not that he is the most mighty. It's that he is not just spoken of as the most high, mighty, but we actually see a manifestation of his mightiness. He's not just spoken of as being the God of love. We actually see a manifestation of the, of the love. It's not like money where we just say that we'll be happy when we have more and we never get happiness. No, the mightiness, the powerfulness, the, the awesomeness of Elohim is that he is who he says he is and he does what he says he will do. He is mighty at being who he is. He is good at being who he is. He is wonderful at being who he is. He is the only God, Elohim, who can be who he says he is. But out of all of this, he is supreme. He is the true God in a world that promotes false gods and religions. He is the one on whom we can fully rely. He is completely sovereign. He is completely in charge. He is completely the Almighty. And yet out of all of that, he is completely Elohim. And yet out of all of that, he is also the God that gives us free will. He doesn't just command and program us to worship him. He doesn't command and program us just to, to, to be wired hard, wired into him. No, he gives us free will by giving us who he is. Wow. He gives us free will by putting in us all that he is. Remember, Jesus has called out everything that God has already put on the inside of you. And so God gives you all of who he is. We then get to choose how we represent what he is. Remember, we spoke about the scripture from Jeremiah last session where we said that God is who he is and we are in a process of revealing who he is. Well, he gives us all that he is and then he calls that out of us, salt and the light. He calls us out to be conquerors. He calls us out to be overcomers because he's already placed everything on the inside of us of who he is. How do we know this? Well, scripture says that we are made in his image. And so he's given us everything on the inside of us. He's given us all of the Elohim on the inside of us through Jesus Christ. And now we get to express who he is. We get to be part of the process of being who he is. We get to be part of having the mind of Jesus Christ and tuning into who God is in us. He is the I am. And now we get to express him as our Elohim, our God, our, our, our Almighty, our God that in whom we trust, our Sovereign. We get to choose that. He has placed in us what Jesus calls out of us, purpose. 
He can be power. He can be might. In Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He was being powerful. He was being the creator. But then when we have a look at Psalms 19 verse 1, the purpose of what he was being was to create that which would worship him. Have a look at Psalms 19 verse 1. The heavens, the earth that God created by being the creator in Genesis 1, the heavens are telling the glory of God. And the expanse is declaring the work of his hands. God has placed all of who he is in us so that we can declare all of who he is back to the universe. He has, he has made everything with everything that he has. He has given us love with everything that he has, his only begotten son. He's poured everything that he is, the I am, into our situation. He's poured everything that he is into our world. Why? So that it can declare who he is back to the universe. You see, he is in us, so we, he can be him through us. He is who he is. I am that I am. Even in the stars and in the heavens and in the, the oceans, God has placed all he is into the creation so that the creation can tell of all that he is. You have the same purpose. That purpose is to accept all that he is on the inside of you, all that he is as Elohim on the inside of you, to express all that the Elohim is to the rest of the universe. When we surrender back that which he has already placed on the inside of us, that's called worship. And God has created you with the ability, with everything you need, to worship him. He needs you to choose to call him your Elohim and walk out the fact that he is the mighty God in your life for him to fulfill his name. We are part of the process of being the great I am. Our purpose is to worship. We have one God. It is humans that create other gods. As soon as we diversify our worship, as soon as we split up who our Elohim is in our life, maybe today we're saying how wonderful God is, and tomorrow we're saying how wonderful money is. When we start diversifying our worship, when we start splitting up our worship, when we start trying to become the solution and the savior to our own problems, we find ourselves losing purpose. When we lose purpose, it's because we are not fulfilling the name of God in our lives. The name of God is our purpose. The name of God is that we've received all that he is so that we can be all that he is. The I am who I am has been set aside in us. His word, who he is, I am who I am, has been used to make us. Therefore, we are in this process. When we step out of being who God has placed on the inside of us, when we step out of being who he has placed us to be, we get out of rhythm with our purpose. Our purpose is to be who he is to the rest of the world, worship. And so when we have a look at that, we understand that as soon as we get out of this link of being who God is to us, to others, well, then we find ourselves losing our purpose. And shame climbs in, and a shame climbs in, and I'm not good enough climbs in, and all of these other things start to climb in and make our lives lack purpose. A good example of this is the Israelites at the golden calf. They wanted to worship, but they lost sight of the great I am, and so they honed their worship in on the wrong thing, and the whole nation of Israel lost purpose. Worship is the expression of what God is. 
Worship is the expression of what God is. What does that mean? Well, worship means that I live out and I am being who God is. Not who I am personally. No, I am being the I am to others. I am worshiping him by demonstrating who he is. Man, God wants us to have purpose. He is jealous about giving you purpose. And so he knows that if he can get you to focus on worshiping the Elohim, if you can get you to focusing on worshiping him, then you're going to have purpose by nature because it is the I am being the I am. It's a natural thing about who God is. And that's why this Elohim name works so well with the name that God has been given in Exodus chapter 34, verse 14. You must worship no other gods. Well, obviously, we must worship no other gods. The moment we worship other gods, the moment we worship other things in our lives, we lose purpose. And so when God says that you must worship no other gods, it's because he wants you to be walking in the purpose of being part of the great I am. You must, not, you, must not, you must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about what? About his relationship with you. When you walk out who Jesus has called you to be, and you express that by worshiping who God is, you get into relationship with the Father, and the life that comes from that relationship is eternal. No wonder God is passionately jealous about you worshiping him. When you worship him, when you see the Elohim coming through your life and the I am being the I am in your life, you're going to have purpose. You're going to have relationship. You're going to have life. No wonder God is jealous. This, this word jealous, when it says that God's name is jealous, is uh, the, the Greek, at least the Hebrew, which is kwana, which, which really means jealous or only of and for God. Jealous means only of and for God. Well, isn't that the great I am? I am of God. I am. And so therefore I will be of God or for God, the second part of the I am. When I accept who God has placed on the inside of me and I start walking that out, the I am becomes the I am. And as a result, there's worship, there's revelation of who God is, and there is this wonderful relationship that comes from this jealous God. God has called you to be of and for God. That's why he says he is a jealous God. He's jealous because about his relationship with you. This Elohim is one that we can completely trust. He is the mighty one over all of nature, this world, the heavens. He is the creator. His work wonders by his hands. He reminds us through this creation of, of him being Elohim every single day. His amazing power is at work at every sunrise, reminding us that what he said yesterday will be today. His, his incredible brilliance is, is being seen in the skies. He, he carries his people through difficult times. We can be assured that we are being held by an almighty God. We never have to fear because God's hand is strong and he is secure. God's name to you is the depth of who he is in the moment. And because he has called himself Elohim, and you call him your, his, your Elohim, he is strong for you. He is, he is mighty for you. He is powerful for you in being powerful, in being mightiness, in being strength in your life. But above this mightiness and powerfulness, 
The jealousy of God is jealous over the relationship he has with you, not just the might he can show through you. You see, Abba, Father, means that there's an intimate relationship with this jealous God. God is not just powerful and mighty for you. He's also wanting to be with you. He wants to be in this relationship with you. That, 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 Greek, that Hebrew word means be. He wants to be in relationship with you. And so we also call him, we call him Elohim, mighty, only God, but we also call him Father, which means that he wants to be in relationship with us. He is one that can be trusted. He's one that we can depend on. He's one that we can wrestle with. He's one that we can share our concerns with. Just as a, a godly earthly father's presence in our daily lives is one of protection, of one of security, one of unconditional love, the same is true of the constant presence of our Father. The same is true of this, this strength and covering that we get from journeying life with Him. For me, because I'm a dad, and I came to such a close realization of this Abba name when I became a father, this is one of the most, my most favorite titles, the most favorite names of the Father. You see, when I was not living the I am who I am, I was not living God through me, and God wasn't being given the right, I wasn't worshiping Him in the way I should have been. I held my son, and I, and I couldn't understand how this little baby could trust me without even really knowing me. In the back of my mind, I thought to myself, if only he knew the real dad, he probably wouldn't reach out and want to be with me. He wouldn't want to hold me. He wouldn't want to be with me. He wouldn't want to laugh with me if he only knew the real me. Well, you see, God was teaching me an incredible lesson in that a father, his love is unconditional. And as a result of the unconditional love that the father can show a child, the child unconditionally loves and trusts the father back. Now, we'll never get to be perfect in that. My kids will tell you that I'm not perfect in being a dad. But the fact remains is that this process of understanding being a father is, is very deep with me. And I, and I know for you dads out there who, who have boys and daughters and, and just love on their children, you understand when we call dad, dad, when we call the father, father, we know of his strength. We know of his ability but that strength and ability is now on our side to protect us, to keep us, to hold us, to keep us on the journey of life. He gives us the privilege of being called eternal sons and daughters of the Most High God. In fact, Psalm 116, verse 16 and 17 says this, O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. By being born into the household of God, have a look at what the psalmist says, you have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving, worship, and call on the name of the Lord. Worship is calling on the name of the Lord, and we can call on the name of Abba because he has brought us into his household, and he is now our eternal father. He provides the way for us to call out to him and the assurance beyond any doubt that he hears us and will answer us. In our most difficult and painful times in life, when we can bring the depth of who He is into the moment, and we can worship all that He is in the darkest, most difficult times, that's called worship. 
That's called sacrificial worship. Nine times out of ten, we want to set up our own Elohim and try and do things our own way. But when the moment of most pressure, when we can look to the Father and let the, the Father be who the Father is through us and in us in that moment, now Abba becomes the dad that protects, that nurtures, and that keeps. And so our worship brings about an awareness of who the Abba is in that situation. By leaning into Him for what He is in us, He will become what He wants us to be. When we lean into Him in the moment of who He is and who He's placed in us, we will then become what He needs us and wants us to be. Galatians 5, 4 verse 6 says it like this, Because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. He's placed in us the name Father. He's placed in us the Spirit, Abba, so that we can call out to Him as Abba. Do you see? I am Father, so you will call me Father. I am who I am. I am who I am. He places in us the desire to have this eternal Father so that we can worship and call out to Him. By leaning into Him for what He has in us, we will become what He wants us to be. In Psalms chapter 116, verse 1 to 5, it says this, I love the Lord because He hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because He bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its robes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then have a look. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. The name of the Lord. I called and said, God, whoever you need to be, be. Please, whoever you need to be, be. Come and save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. He is what he says he is. He is your Elohim. He is your Father. And when we understand that between these two, he's jealously and passionately looking for your, you to have a relationship with God, worship only God, because he is your father and he loves you and cares for you. When you can allow him to be your God in the moment and your father in the moment, you will find mighty strength and protection in all things that you need to face. He is Elohim. He is Abba. And when we allow him to be those things in the moment, we are allowing him to be who he says he is. And we are worshiping him with everything that we have. When I say worshiping him with everything that I have, I mean that I haven't established another God. He is my Elohim. In other words, I haven't run out and got myself a third, fourth, and fifth job. No, my provision is in him. I haven't made my job my God, my family my God, my money my God, my medication my God, my doctor my God. I haven't made any of those things gods. They are not Elohim. Only God can be Elohim. Only the great I am can be my Elohim. And in the moment that I declare him the only God, he becomes my father. And he has placed in me the spirit of calling him Abba. He is who he is. And so he will be in my life through worship. I hope that today's message has blessed you. I hope that you have got something from my ramblings. Go and look at these scriptures. Study them. Look for the word is. Look for the word be. Because that's what his name means. He will be who he says he is. 
And when we have a look and see that Scripture says God is mighty, that means that He is being mighty in your moment right now. Look for the small words. They often tell us a whole lot about who God is. Remember, when He revealed Himself to Moses, He just said, I am. Three letters. And that was what He said. So look for the small words in your Bible. It will often help you with the big ones. That's what I have found anyway. I hope you've enjoyed today's message, and we're just going to say a prayer, and then we're going to take communion together. It is a communion service, so whatever you've got for, for communion, whether it's a, a piece of bread or a glass of water, I hope you came prepared and that, that you are ready for communion. If you don't, hey, shoot off to your kitchen, shoot off to wherever you need to go, your pantry, whatever it is, grab some juice, grab some water, grab a piece of, of, of bread, a, a cookie, a biscuit, whatever you can get, because remember, it is the sanctity of who Jesus is, not the symbols themselves. Let's pray together, and then we will go into communion. Father, we thank you that you are our God, and there is no other. You are our Elohim, and there is no other. And by not allowing there to be any other, we are declaring you to be Elohim in our lives, and we are worshiping you and you alone. Father, thank you that you have placed in us the spirit to call you Father. You have given us the desire to call you Father. We honor you because you've never given us anything that you haven't asked back from us that will bring benefit to us. You've never asked anything from us that you've never given us. Father, thank you that you are our Father, you are our God, and you are the great I Am. We love you, and we honor you in the moment. We can't wait to see who you will be in the moment, every day, all the time. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, on the night in which Jesus died, God came amongst men, and he did a miraculous thing. Jesus died so that we could have life. Jesus died because he wanted everybody to see who God was. Remember, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He wanted to, the great I am to be worshipped and honored through his life so that he could be the great I am in his life. And he kept on saying, do this in remembrance. Remember my God. Remember who I am. In fact, later on, Jesus called himself the I am. He was part of this process of being God and being the I am. He was part of the Godhead, and, and we were celebrating what he did. But what he did was he fundamentally represented all that God was on earth. He was being the I am. And he said, keep on looking at me. Keep on modeling your life after me. Because you see, Jesus didn't just come to die and be resurrected and ascend to heaven. No, he came to show us the depth of who God was the depth of the name upon which we call. And so we consume his body and his blood as symbols to simply say, God, we thank you for sending Jesus in flesh form, dying for us, so that we could really get to know who you are as our Elohim and as our Abba Father. So take, eat, and drink, and know that Jesus not only loves you through this process, but that he presents to you the wonders of who God is and what God loves in you. Take, eat, and know that Jesus is love. God is love. And he is being love in your life in the name of Jesus. Take, drink, and know that his covenant, his word, is true. He is truth. He can't be anything else. When he says something, it is true. That is the bar. That is the standard of truth, is what God has said. 
Nothing else can be greater in truth than what God has said. And he says, through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have authority for healing and to know of God's love. This is my covenant with you, says Jesus. Shed. And this covenant means that I love you and that is true. Take drink and know that Jesus loves you and God is love in you. Isn't it just awesome that we can come together and discuss these things and chat about these things? I would love to hear your comments about what we've been discussing as regards God's name. This series is not just a, a message or a teaching. This really is a journey for me. I'm, I'm really just sharing my notes in my personal journal right now with you. I know I'm being a little bit vulnerable and sharing things with people that I might not have even met yet, but I want you to understand how passionately we are here at Victory Life Church about embracing relationship with the Father. We need to get to know the Father. And so as you begin to unpack what this message meant for you, go and do some study. Go and do some thought process. Maybe it's not how you always believed or how you've always seen. Maybe my ideas are a little bit off the wall. I'd love to hear from you. The hosts are putting a link and a banner up right now where you can go and discuss today's message in our Facebook group. I'll be present this week in the Facebook group if you ask me some questions, ask me some thoughts, reason with me, object, say something that I didn't, you don't agree with. I don't mind. I'd rather be wrestling with you and becoming sharper with you than just thinking that I've got, it all, uh, I've got all the knowledge in the world and I know exactly what's going on. And I hope that's not what you think either, but that we can sharpen one another and we can be together and understand and grow in our understanding. So jump into the Facebook group. The online Facebook group is open to you and we'd love for you to be part of the discussion as we go to the week. Next week, we continue having a look at different angles of God's name. Today, we had a look at how him being God and him being Father produces jealousy. He is the only God, so therefore he's jealous, and he's jealous of having relationship with you as the Father. And so we had a look at how those two become and produce the jealous God that, we, that we've heard of in the Bible. Next week, we take a look at another two names and see what wonder that produces for us in our lives. Thank you so very much for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. I look forward to seeing you on the Facebook group during the week, through the weekend online, and also into next week as we continue the He Has a Name series. You be blessed, and we'll see you really soon again here at Victory Life Church Online. 